Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate? Yes? What happened to your face? Uh, what happened to your face? That's rude. <laughs> oh, I'm not the one who looked like she got into a fight. Yeah, I did get into a fight with a yard waste bin, and I lost terribly. <laughs> so I should not, in fact, see the other guy? Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great when you make the construction guy next door scream out, You're bleeding! And I'm like, I know! <laughs> Information I have already received from my own body, but thank you. Well, what do we do on this beautiful podcast of ours, Kate? Talk about my beat up face. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And besides that, uh, we also talk about picture books. Sometimes. Sometimes, and whether or not they are good or bad. Or my, or as bad as my face. Or as my face. <laughs> Basically, are they on a scale of not Kate's face to Kate's face? <laughs> Where does this book rank? That is basically our ranking system as of today. We will and be going we've been to- doing like a few books that have been the equivalent of my face lately. So yeah, you know what? I have high hopes for today. I I, uh, I think today there's a this is, there's a wacky quality to this one that I think may work in its favor or sink it completely. We will we will see. Why don't you uh why, why don't you pull that book out, Kate? I'm gonna do the Buddha Buddhas. A boo Me and Mr. Jones. By Amy Schwartz. An alternate way of of saying the title could have been Mr. Jones and B. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. That's, funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the song I think of. Well, due to the fact that the way we are recording is in separate rooms of your house, uh, I'm just gonna tell you to go and read that book. Okay. While Kate does her read, let's get a little background information on Amy Schwartz. Amy Schwartz, author of B and Mr. Jones. Well, as it turns out, uh, Amy Schwartz is married to none other than famous children's literature historian Leonard Marcus. Amusingly, when you try to confirm this fact by looking it up online, all it says is Leonard Marcus, children's author, which is not technically untrue. But it's a very um, limited role that he has in the world of children's literature. I've just found it funny that they call him that. Uh, Not much to say except that this book, which came out in 1982, uh, it was reprinted in 2006. And now is being reprinted yet again in 2022. So it's got legs, this one. It's got legs. The newest iteration, I believe it includes a larger trim size and a new dust jacket illustration. Woo! I tried to get Kate the new version. I was unable to do so, but I believe I've handed her the 2006 version, which is not too terrible. On her website for this book, I highly recommend uh, Amy Schwartz's website. It's it's very well done, and she has a, a little page for each of her books. And for this one, she pulled out some particularly charming quotes uh, from reviews of her books. So th- there's this one from the New York Times. 
satisfyingly lugubrious pencil drawings accompany this witty comment on our priorities. 50 points to the New York Times for lugubrious. And then from a starred school library journal review, indeed the book is a parable about the way we organize our lives, about our uniforms and rules, and the possibility of finding happiness in a bureaucratic society. I love these reviews so much. Also, highly recommend that you check out the Reading Rainbow episode of this book because you will see another book that we have done on this very show not that long ago. There's a Nightmare in My Closet is one of the recommended books in the uh, section that the kids do at the end. So go check that out. And we're back. Hello. Hello. How's, uh, how's B? Eh. How's Mr. Jones? Um, well, he's got a wedding coming up, which is awesome i'm excited for him that's so nice how yeah. do you know he has a wedding coming up yeah it's not in the book per se no i don't but... recall that detail actually <laughs> in any part of the book at all but but it's there it's there betsy yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll explain it when we go explain. into it explain to me yes okay so we start off with uh this father and daughter and the daughter is in kindergarten and he's like i don't know we'll go with 45 i was ex i was going to say 45 actually that was exactly Perfect. what i was going to say <laughs> and uh, older than me so yes <laughs> and she she hates kindergarten she's like it, well technically the first sentence says that she says that she's had it with kindergarten uh as he's sitting down to breakfast but he's clearly not sitting down so i don't know why the illustrator took it upon themselves to not follow directions in the I very mean, first the sentence the illustrator is the same person as the author so clearly there was some communication there i don't know so right so the kids like look i've had it with like all these different games that we play in class like the beanbag games and the clothespin games and the colored lollipop game do you remember playing any of these games as a kid in kindergarten? Because all I remember about kindergarten was learning how to brush your teeth, the alphabet, and there was a fake grocery store, and that's it. Oh, I love the fake grocery store. The fake grocery store was my favorite thing about uh, kindergarten, without a doubt. I pray the children these days get to see fake grocery stores. Well, this book was... Okay, so this is what's crazy. This book comes out in 1982. I would have gone to kindergarten like the year after that, I'm sort of, you would think I know these games, uh, but I, I do not. These games are new to me. This is the only place I've ever found these games, in fact. I mean, they sound awesome. I remember blow up letters of each that were characters that would be in the room every day. And it was always a different one. And then one day we heard that Mr. T was coming and I was super excited. And it turned out not to be actually the celebrity Mr. T. <laughs> I'm sorry, Betsy. Sorry, this is a, this is trauma that I'm working <laughs> through. I'm using the format of the podcast to do it. <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, back to the book. Back to the book. Um, back to the book. Right, so the, the very first illustration, she's, like, at the breakfast table, and he's walking to the table. But what's weird are two things. Number one, the wallpaper looks like it's straight out of Stranger Things. Um, it, it looks like Christmas lights are all over the walls, which is weird. Okay. So somebody's uh, trapped somewhere. Okay. And number two is that it looks like there's a baseball holding up their cabinet that's holding all of their dishes and like cups and stuff, uh -huh. which I'm pretty sure a baseball can't 
hold that much weight, but I could be wrong. You never it know. It could be a softball. It it could also just be in front of it, but it's really hard to tell from the illustration because these oh, are all in black and white. They're a little flat, yeah. Yeah, little yeah. black and white. Yeah. Yeah, which is an interesting decision to make it all in black and white that I don't necessarily agree with. I wonder, I always wonder with these things, because, you know, it's cheaper to do it in black and white, obviously, than in color. So I wonder if it was even the illustrator slash author's intent from the start, or if the publisher had told them, yeah, we'll do your book, but uh, you got to do it black and white. We, we but, just don't have the money with the color these days. But there is color. It's in, like, so the very first word is I've. Yeah. Like I have. And the I is in yellow. Okay, so, so maybe so maybe she was told we got we got this much money for the color, so and it can only I be text. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, so sorry, I'm getting distracted. Back to the story. So Beatrice or B, she hates kindergarten, and Mr. Jones, her dad, is sick of work. He's like, "Do you think I like my job? I'm tired of laughing at my boss's jokes all day. I'm working really hard." And uh, and they decide to switch places. So she gets dressed up in his suit, wearing a tie uh, with his briefcase, and he puts on sneakers and starts doing cartwheels in the hallway. So it's like Freaky Friday, but they're both perfectly aware of what's going on. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. She catches the 745 train, which I'm like, wait a minute, did she get to the train so train station by herself? Uh, yeah, it's like that. What's that show that they have on Netflix, uh, set in Jap Japan, and it shows like kids, like you know, very young taking the train and stuff. You know, that free range kids show that they they show. Yeah, this looks like a metro, like an Amtrak. It's, like, it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> huh. All right. Well, she sits down in the empty seat next to her dad's coworker, who uh apparently isn't concerned at all that he's now working with a five-year-old he's no. more concerned about this deadline for the crumbly crackers campaign mm -hmm. uh, because they work at an ad agency oh it's Mad Men, and she's the young feminist busting down the doors i love it all right i mean she's like five so there you go. very yeah young busting down the doors yes yep and so uh she gets to the office she gives a note to i guess the boss that says mr jones isn't going to be with us he's going to be in kindergarten so his daughter is going to be taking his place and the illustration is like your stereotypical corporate ad office you have like a giant dollar sign paperweight you've got a guy smoking a cigar you've got <laughs> Big tall buildings out of the window and abstract art on the wall. I mean, this is your. I mean, this is 1982 Wall Street. This is yes. awesome. Yes. yes. I am on board for this. Okay. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Mr. Jones has arrived at the kindergarten class with Miss Seymour. Uh, Miss Seymour. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he gives a note to Miss Seymour saying, Please excuse Beatrice's absence today. Uh, she's tired of being kin a kindergartner, and Mr. Jones is going to take her place. Sincerely, Mr. Jones. And uh, which I didn't know well, you could. No cause for concern there. So. Right, which I didn't know you could do that. But uh, the yeah, teacher's yeah. like, hmm, this is weird, but okay. <laughs> no one um, specifically said I can't say yes to this. So. Right. 
and and two things that I noticed about uh, Miss Seymour is number one, she has a fantastic '80s black and white dress, which I am all about. And number two, I wrote down. I fully expect Miss Seymour to become Mrs. Jones by the end of this book. <laughs> oh my. So wait, already you are sensing some sexual tension. Oh between... yeah, there's chemistry, man. Nice. Yeah, good good for her. Good, good for, for him. Good for him and her, yeah. Until <laughs> This is great. So they're playing the lollipop game, which apparently consists of the teacher holding up giant like it looks like you know cardboard lollipops and the kids have to say what color the lollipop is like is it green is it blue is it red um and mr jones says vermilion red i believe and it says and this is such a burn it says miss seymour told him he was almost as bright as jimmy davis the class genius wow Sir, you are almost as smart as a kindergartner. You're not not Jimmy Davis level, but you're like so close. Yes. So, so close. Except you turn the page and he helps Jimmy Davis get out of the magnolia tree. So... I think he's doing that on purpose. He probably put him in the magnolia tree just so that he could be like, oh, I'll help you down, Jimmy. (laughs) Who's the smartest now, huh? I mean, it wins Miss Seymour's heart. She goes, oh, Mr. Jones, she sighs. You're wonderful. And I'm like, I told you. Yeah. I told you they so would hook up. Oh, that was going a mile away. Yeah, this is like Billy Madison all over. This is this, this is the origin story of Billy Madison. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Again, a movie that came out after this book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So now we jump back to B, who's busy at uh, the company is called Smith and Smith. You know, very prominent company name there. Uh, she she gives her secretary the day off, which if I was the secretary, I'd be like, oh, I'm taking full advantage of this. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Take it, girl. Take it. Run. Yep. And she gets to this board meeting in which. Uh, you know, she's laughing at the boss's jokes, which she genuinely thinks are funny. But in the boardroom, at the very opposite end of the table, is this guy completely passed out on the table. And he could not care at all about his job. I admire this guy. This guy should have had a kindergartner he could have switched jobs with. Right? He he doesn't care at well, all. He's nap time there. Yeah. So, but yeah. B B is having a grand old time, and so you remember I mentioned Crumbly Crackers that campaign that they were you know having trouble with. Well, it's down to the, like the the last minutes, and she comes up with a with a saying to save the account. Munchy crunchy, my dear snackers, you will love our crumbly crackers. Which that's. That's not bad for a five-year-old. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, she might be made for this job. Except behind her is a cabinet that is full of booze. Oh, that's so accurate. It's exactly like Mad Men. Yes, all the New York offices. I once had a a librarian tell me about all the publishing offices that had like booze like hidden away in in the thing. So yeah, that was a whole thing back then. 
Well, it's she there. Some milk in there for her, I'm sure. <laughs> I I think she might have a soda. It's like a nondescript, maybe glass or can in front of her. I but I hope she does. But yeah. she gets offered a promotion. So now I'm thinking, okay, does the promotion get like carried on to her dad like the next day? Yeah, no one seems to be thinking that far ahead into the future. Right. I guess I, I thought this was like a one day thing. Yeah, that seemed to be the implication when they did it. Like, let's right? just see how this goes. But I guess they, it's open-ended. Like, they didn't set a date to stop, so... They didn't. Uh, she, so, like, her dad picks her up at the train station, and she's like, oh my gosh, I love advertising. What a challenge. And he's like, I haven't felt this relaxed in 20 years. So... So since he was 24... <laughs> right i mean i'm trying to do the math here and i can't quite get it if he i mean it depends on when he first started to feel stress well that's probably when he got the job if i'm gonna guess like seriously like oh maybe he had well maybe he did a postdoc or he did a maybe he did like some sort of grad school and so then he actually entered the workforce around that time that would make sense yeah interesting mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. also i haven't heard anything about a mrs jones so that's a whole mystery right there but, i'm right. telling you it's it's the kindergarten teacher she's just I, I think you're right he's not saying no to her uh, yeah yeah so the next day b goes back to the office where she's now made president of toy sales okay that's so big right from the movie big do you remember that yeah except yeah. She just all she did the day before was come up with a slogan for food. No, How she toadied she... though. She toadied up by laughing at the boss's jokes. But toy sales is way different than food. That's true. Like, what is this company? I... On the one hand, we're selling crumbly crackers. On the other hand, we're selling toys. Apparently, like, in the crackers. Like, is there like, is it like Cracker Jack and you have like little toys at the bottom of the box? Oh, maybe there's toys in the crackers? That's my thinking. Like animal crackers? Yeah, like those little plastic toys that you get like at the bottom of a a, cracker or something. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, crackers. What if the crackers were not crackers you eat but they said crumbly crackers so i don't like, know i like don't English know crackers. Yeah. meanwhile mr jones is having a grand old time in kindergarten um and it says they both mr jones and b found their niche in the world which <gasps> you know if i could go back to kindergarten i'm i wouldn't be too mad about it i mean they get to go to the movies during the day which this they is literally like leave and go to the movies yes they go to Why? the movies but here's what I don't understand. The advertising for the movies that are playing include Bambi. Okay. Which is a real movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the mo- the movie poster next to it is Held Over, which is definitely not a real movie. So why would you put a real movie poster next to a fake one? Wait, is the fake? Is it just saying that the next film has been Held Over? Or is it actually the name of a film called Held Over? I think it's the actual... Well, uh, is that a term that referred to? Maybe it's a term because there's like little squares of like what looks like different scenes. And oh, maybe it's saying Bambi has been. Yeah, maybe it's like they were only supposed to have like a two week run. 
but now they've held it over because oh it was okay that makes a lot more sense yeah there you go there you go there you go because held over is a terrible name for a film and i would never go to see it so i did yeah. have to look it up and i was like is held over a movie no held is yes you were wondering uh, oh great Great. Yeah. Is it inappropriate for kindergartners? Because I, I would think it would be. Probably. And so, you know, it says like, you know, hey, if you ever saw like someone saying that they were under 12 and you couldn't quite believe it, you were probably right. And if you ever saw a short, sh short, they don't say five-year-old, they say a short executive you saw having lunch with your father. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, what? Dad? What? What? Man, it's your, like, mom? your mom might be in sales. You don't know. I mean, well, I'm just looking at this older man having, I don't know. Well, he's having the entire bottle of something to himself uh, <laughs> with a five-year-old. And I'm like, this is inappropriate. Yeah. Well, she doesn't care. She's not going to be drinking it. Oh, no. She's got like an ice cream sundae in front of her. But they're oh, just saying fun. like, if you, and you remember that very short executive you saw having you know, lunch with your father. Well, perhaps you know who that was too. The end. I'm like, wait, what? That's that's it. That's it. That's all she I, wrote for. I I thought this was going to you know go back to where they you know she realizes oh I hate work I'm not ready for it. He was going to say oh I missed the challenges. They were going to go back to where they started, but no, no they this... found, found their happiness. Yeah, this leaves they you where they were meant to be all along. Yeah, this this leaves you wondering, like, okay, well, what's going to happen next? How long is this going to last? Is B going to be a flower girl at her father's wedding to the teacher? What happens after they get married? It's very confused. I'm very confused. Very confused. Yeah, I think if we try to apply logic to this, the whole thing just crumbles into little crumbly crackers. So probably that's the best way to go with it. But I just sort of love that they find what makes them happy and they go with it in spite of the fact that it makes literally no sense. Yep. Yep. That's that's the long and short of it. Ratings time. Uh, you go first. Okay, I love this book. Uh, I'd forgotten how much I enjoy this book. I love how unapologetically weird it is. It's it feels like one of those stories where like Amy Schwartz, the author, illustrator, was just like doodling around and was like, man, what if like a kid wanted to trade places with her dad one day? That'd be fun. And then just sort of took it to the logical extremes like and it's such a wonderful look at, you know, Wolf of Wall Street 80s, you know, stockbroker, you know, Wall Street, you know, we've got gin in our cabinets, you know. I just, I just love the whole corporate scene. Um, very much like what a kid would imagine an office would look like that their that their dad works in. And then just the fact that the dad who's charming the kindergarten teacher, you know, uh, is just in, he just they just enjoy it so much. It's just a the sheer pleasure they both find in this. It's it's rare to find a book in which people are so happy. So I'm a huge fan of this. I'm a seven. Wow. Wow, indeed. Okay. Um I am not that high. I think it's a fun story, but it didn't really end. It was abrupt for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I also wish it hadn't been in black and white. I think there were a lot of missed opportunities, especially in a kindergarten classroom and an ad agency where there's going to be a lot of color. Yeah. And to have it be in black and white, it just seemed very muted. 
Um, timeless though. I do. I feel like if you had those eighties colors in there, it would date real quick. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. It doesn't have to be, you know, it's not like Miss Schwartz is going to be wearing like a neon green dress in her kindergarten class. I don't know. Um, it, it did just kind of leave me going, um, <laughs> at the end. <laughs> so I can't say that I'm going to remember this book. It was just kind of meh for me. So I was a down the line five. Oh, but, all right. But with our scores combined, it's above a five. So it's a classic. It's a classic. Hey. Hey. All right. Grown up things we like. Uh, you go first. All right. So I saw a nope. I saw oh, it. How was I it? Nope. I was so happy. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't go to the movies to see too many things, but I will take, I will go to any Jordan Peele film you name. I, I absolutely love the stuff he does. I loved Get Out and I loved Us. And you never, ever know what to expect walking into one of his films. And I, I love, I try to see as little as possible of the trailers when he's got a new film coming out, just so I can know as little as possible walking into them. And that has served me very well. So I, all I knew with Nope was there might be some sort of Western something involved with it. Um, but that was all I knew. And I went into it's very different from Us and from Get Out, which I felt like had a sort of a social commentary. And I'm not saying this doesn't have some sort of social commentary to it, but it's it's... It's got a completely different feel. He's clearly stretching his cinematic muscles. There's an ending on this thing that is visually just one of the craziest, most beautiful things I've seen um, and terrifying at the same time. It is legit scary, um, but you trust him. I I trust this filmmaker so much that um, I'm not really a horror person myself, but... I trust every horror film he does and he's got every type of scare and it's, he's, oh man, he's got an, an opening on this that you will not forget. So two thumbs way, way up for nope. Okay. Mine is not scary. Uh, (laughs) So I was watching Lizzo on hot ones that show where like this guy interviews celebrities while they eat hotter and hotter hot wings oh yeah yeah yeah. and she mentioned her tv show watch out for the big girls on amazon prime and Mm -hmm. i had never heard of it so i figured i would check it out and there's a reason why it's now been nominated for six emmys whoa yeah the show is about lizzo and it's a reality show she's trying to search for plus size women to join uh the ranks of her quote-unquote big girls which is what she calls her backup dancers for her tour. Mm-hmm. So yes, there's a little drama because what reality show doesn't have a pinch of drama, but it's mostly about women supporting women, breaking stereotypes, body positivity, and it's really empowering and fun to watch because this is the first time I've seen a show where plus size women aren't trying to lose weight. Oh God. Yes. It's it, it's they get to be like years and never see another one of those films. yeah and they just get to be their authentic selves whether that's you know one woman is trans one woman doesn't have any hair one woman is you know nervous about showing her natural hair it's it's there's this episode called naked which i really recommend folks watch it's 
touching and it's funny and it is definitely not for kids <laughs> okay, okay, um but it's a lot of fun so i highly recommend you check out lizzo's watch out for the big girls girls spelled g r r r l s oh that's good. Uh, on amazon prime excellent recommendation yeah yeah and very different from my own we, we it's not i'm just proud own. that you didn't do a podcast betsy <laughs> i had no chance to because i actually did a grown-up thing and it's so rare that i actually do a grown-up <laughs> thing i had to tell everybody about it so very good there you go all right grown-up thing accomplished <laughs> all right well hopefully uh your face will heal quickly uh thank you yep mm -hmm. i'm i'm looking forward to the big bruise that's going to be on my forehead and i will never do yard work again and i'm glad that we aren't explaining how the face injury happened we're just gonna let folks just figure Here's it out imagination. exactly it's a lot more interesting that way <laughs> i agree thank goodness this is a podcast and not tv that's right and until we do get our own tv show i've been betsy i'm kate bye fuse 8 and kate is a fuse number eight production you can reach us at fuse kate 8 at gmail.com you can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number eight, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our local president of the Lollipop Guild is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Burr.